This is T. And this is Cal. And we are... Dropping the Dime on True Crime, a True Crime podcast. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is going to be a Thanksgiving episode since this is the week of Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. So I titled this one, Thanksgiving Killing, The Castle Doctrine. Is it a license to kill? Hmm. Tony, are you familiar with the Castle Doctrine? I have no clue what that even means. Okay. The castle doctrine, like castle, like C-A-S-T-L-E, castle yes. doctrine? the castle doctrine. No clue. So I had to look this one up too. So um, according to Wikipedia, I'm going to go ahead and read what this is. So, okay. So bear with me. The castle doctrine, also known as a castle law or a defense of habitational law, is a legal doctrine that designates a person's abode or any legally occupied place, for example, a vehicle or a home, is a place in which that person has protections and immunities permitting one, in certain circumstances, to use force up to and including deadly force to defend oneself, oneself against an intruder, free from legal prosecution for the consequences of the force used. Okay, let me ask you this. Where is this legal at, the Castle Doctrine? In the U.S.? Well, let me, let me, um, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. Because this gotcha. is not, okay, the term is most commonly used in the U.S. Okay. Though many other countries invoke comparable principles okay. in their laws. Now remember, okay. it's not a law, it's a principle. Principle, okay. So depending on the location, a person may have a duty to retreat to avoid violence if one can reasonably do so. So, for instance, Wait, is this they almost, basically is this, have to run away. Is this like an akin to the stand your ground type law? Yes, yes. Okay. But again, this is what I pulled up from Wikipedia. So okay. this is the castle doctrine, I believe, where that actually is derived from. Because this isn't actually a law. Okay. So the castle doctrines lessen the duty to retreat when an individual is assaulted within one's own home. Deadly force may either be justified, the burdens of production and proof for charges impeded, or an affirmative defense against criminal homicide applicable in cases when the actor reasonably fears imminent peril of death or serious bodily harm to him or herself or another. Now, this is important. The Castle Doctrine is not a defined law that can be invoked, but rather a set of principles which may be incorporated in some form in many jurisdictions. So like you said, this is actually where that's derived from. Okay. The Stanger Ground. ground. Yeah, okay. which is based on, you know, whatever state you're in right. and all that. So the Castle, castle Doctrines may not provide civil immunity, such as from wrongful death lawsuits, which have a much lower burden of proof. Proof, Justifiable homicide in self-defense, which happens to occur inside one's home, is distinct as a matter of law from castle doctrine because the mere occurrence of trespassing and occasionally a subjective requirement of fear is sufficient to invoke the castle doctrine. 
the burden of proof of fact is much less challenging than that of justifying a homicide in self-defense. One generally must objectively prove to a trier of fact against all reasonable doubt. And that's important, is against all reasonable doubt. Okay. The intent of the intruder's mind to commit violence or a felony. So, like, what does that mean to you? Basically... You know, you have like, to you can't prove... have any doubt that this person means to do you harm. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly. So, like, if someone that is 94 years old and has Alzheimer's comes into your home unarmed or something... You, you know... probably can't use that castle doctrine, I'm exactly. guessing. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the doctrine can be misused as a pretext for extrajudicial punishment in private spaces, as is the case... With this crime, according to a jury. Okay. Now, today's crime occurred in Minnesota. And Minnesota does apply the Castle Doctrine. However, today, in today's doctrine, they actually removed the duty to retreat if a person is threatened in his or her own home, which means that if someone is, you know, you, you don't have risk. to go to the the, the back right. You don't have whatever. to run from them. Right. You don't right, have to run from right. them. Which uh, I mean, I agree with. Okay. Right. So, and I just wanted to point that out because that's important to note. So now this is a story of two cousins, Haley Kiefer, who is eighteen, and Nicholas Brady, who is seventeen. The two of them broke into the home of Byron David Smith. Okay. In Little Falls, Minnesota. On Thanksgiving Day of 2012. Ooh. Coming up. Thanksgiving coming up. I know. Now, these two teens... And that was 2012? Yes, 2012. Oh, wow. Ten years ago. Yep. Okay. The two teens were linked to several other break-ins of homes and cars in this neighborhood. In fact, Byron David Smith was a victim of multiple break-ins. Although it is not known if the two cousins were involved in Mr. Smith's prior break-ins, meaning there was no proof that they broke into his home. Yeah, nobody knows it was them. Right. Yeah. Now, the cousins stole pills, and there's some other articles that state that they might have been drug addicts. Um, A day before Thanksgiving, deputies were called to Mr. Smith's neighborhood, not for Mr. Smith's house. Not his house. Right. But they were called by someone else. Because there was a red Mitsubishi Eclipse that was parked in the driveway of Richard Johnson. Now, who's that? Just someone, another neighbor. Okay. Now, Just some random person. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, the one that called the police, I guess. Okay. So, the Morrison County Sheriff questioned Nicholas Brady, who's one of the cousins, and then they let him go. Now, Mr. Johnson told police that there were several small items missing, including prescription medications. And then this same red Mitsubishi Eclipse was also found the day after Thanksgiving, just around the corner from Mr. Smith's home, which we'll get to later. That's important okay. to know that okay. it was found. Now, Mr. Smith had several break-ins in the past, and he suspected one of his neighbors, a female neighbor, and her parents might be responsible and actually thought that they might be watching his home to see when he came and went. So, 
because of that, he's stating that he started to carry a gun in his house. So basically walking around his house with a gun. Right. So um, around 1030 a.m. on Thanksgiving morning, November 22nd, 2012, which was Thanksgiving, Smith was talking outside and saw his neighbor drive by, that same neighbor that he suspected that was watching his right, house. Right, right. So less than an hour later, he moved his car from his garage and down the street several blocks away. He told investigators that he moved his car because he wanted to clean his garage and protect his car from vandalism. I'm assuming because of all the break-ins in the neighborhood and all that. And you could see his car was in the garage, so he moved it. He then walked back to his home at about 11.45 a.m. Okay, so he moved his car down the street, and this was Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving morning. Thanksgiving This started around 10.30. Okay, so he moved his car down the street, walks back to his house. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. Now, it's also important to note, too, and this is what he told the investigators and is also also in the, um, the lawsuit. Um. So, he walked through his backyard rather than walking through the front door. That's important did to know. Did he say why? He did. Why did he go through his backyard? So, he, he moves his car He moves his car down the street so that he can and, clean out his garage. And then walks through his back door. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, people walk nothing. in their back door, you know. Of course. Maybe, gotcha. You know, whatever reason. Okay. Um, Following it's, you. I'm following right, you. Right. But it's important to note that he did that. So, then around noon on Thanksgiving Day, Mr. Smith walked down to his basement, Mm -hmm. and he waited. Waited for what? Mr. Smith was waiting for burglars. (gasps) Oh, I get it now. Yeah, so what Mr. Smith did then was he had a tape recorder. One of those audio recorders that you press, you put a tape in and, yes. you, and it yes. picks up all the audio. Old school. Gotcha. Yeah. So he sat in a chair in his basement and had an audio tape recorder sitting underneath the chair. Wow. Yes. Think what you want. So he, so he was anticipating the, the someone breaking in. Right. Oh, wait a minute. So he moved his car... Maybe to make it look like he wasn't there. Right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay. So, now also, keep in mind, too, that Mr. Smith was a retired security engineer with the State Department and trained in how to protect U.S. So, he worked for the U.S. State Department. Yes. Okay. So, he was trained in how to protect U.S. embassies from terrorism and espionage. Okay. So, clearly, he would have known what he was doing, right? And also, you have to go through a background check, security check, right, to be right. to be something like that. So, clearly, shows mental capacity. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think being in that line of work, could he have been a little paranoid? I mean, he's used to dealing with, you know, things on a level 10, basically. So... Even, like, a neighborhood theft, he's taking, you know, like, the way he deals with things is, you know, at a level 10. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%.
But I guess he. It also goes to show that he knew how to. I guess if he knew about surveillance and things like sure. that. Sure. You know, would you? Yeah, he's is a pro. This, is he's this a pro. the route you want to go, or yeah. you know? But but who knows? Um, now, was who he knows married? At this point? Do you know if he was married? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Do you have any kids? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I I have no idea. Okay. Um, but as, so he's sitting in the basement with his recorder, um, and then he could hear the burglars. The two cousins that we talked about broke in through a bedroom window. <gasps> no. And they, but they would have thought that Mr. Smith wasn't home, right? Because his car wasn't there. He drove it down the street. Right. Or, or elsewhere. Yeah. Walked, I guess, sneakily up to his back door. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So. He's probably like, you know what? I'm going to catch these little assholes. Yeah. It's you know? Thanksgiving day. Yeah. These are, you know. He's probably tired of this happening. Sure. And these are thieves that you are, know? you know, looking around for pills. Right. And this guy's retired. So maybe he's That's got some gotta pills be laying annoying. around. It has to be annoying. 100%. So, Smith stated to the police later that he heard footsteps in the hallway. And then coming down to the basement. Oh, so he's downstairs. He hears steps in the hallway and then coming down to the basement. Okay. Right. And this is what he's telling the investigators, okay. the police. Yeah. First, he saw the feet. <gasps> okay. Then he saw the legs. And then he saw the hips. And then he shot the person. <gasps> and that person fell down the stairs. So he didn't even wait to see oh, if no, they he... had anything, if they were carrying a weapon? But he, he made it a point to tell them, first he saw the feet, then yeah. he saw the legs, then he saw the hips, and then he shot them. You so, know? so he used a feet, mini... Feet, legs, hips, bam, boom. Right. Okay. He used a mini-14 rifle, which I'm guessing a 14-gauge rifle. I have no clue. And he thinks he shot twice. He thinks? Yes. Wait a minute. He's done work for the CIA, and he thinks he's shot twice. So get this. I would think he would know. He knows. After he fell down the stairs, he was looking up the... Or wait, who's he? The 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 burglar. Yeah, the burglar fell down the stairs, and he was looking up at Mr. Smith, so he shot him in the face. (gasps) So is he still alive? Yes. So the kid was alive, and he shot him in the face? And then he told investigators that he wanted him dead. Of course he did. The intruder was Nicholas Brady, one of the cousins, and he was not armed. How old was he? Uh, 17. Oh, yeah. Man. So, a whole life ahead of him. Mr. Smith. So, Mr. Smith said he put the man on a tarp and he dragged him into his workshop and then went back to his chair to wait for the other intruder. Now, let me ask you this. Did the other intruder, I guess the other cousin? Yes. Did they hear anything at this point? Well, okay. So several minutes later, he heard footsteps on the main floor of the house. And then he he could hear um, the the next intruder yell, Nick. And then They're he like, waited. Where are you? Nick, 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 where are you? Yes. Yeah. He waited until he could see her hips. Oh. And then he shot her, and then she tumbled down the stairs. Oh, no. What? And no. he tried, no, get this. He tried to shoot her again with the same Mini-14 rifle, but it jammed. So Smith stated that after the gun jammed, the girl laughed at him. <gasps> and this made him upset. Oh, I bet. I bet. And this is what he told investigators. 
If you shoot someone and they laugh at you, you go again. <gasps> Seriously. You know what? So what do okay. you think he did then? Oh my god. He pulled I don't out even want to know. He pulled out his 22 caliber 9-shot revolver that he was carrying around on his, you know, waist. Okay, because the the gun he originally used jammed. Right. Okay, she was still alive and and he had already shot her, right? So she was no danger to him at that point, no. I'm guessing. And do you remember when I said before that he was carrying around a gun? That's yes. what he told police because he was you know, had so, break-ins. So, wait, listen to this. Ugh. So, she was shot several times in the chest. So, he dragged wait, her. Several times? Yeah. And he dragged her into his workshop on a tarp. But guess what? She was still gasping for air. No, no. So, he took the gun and put it under her chin and shot her again. This is what he told investigators. This was a good, clean finishing shot. He said it like that? Yes. He said he wanted to end her suffering. <gasps> what a fucking sicko. He calls her suffering. Mm-hmm. What? He acknowledged that they did not have weapons, but said he was fearful that they may have had them. Bullshit. Whatever. I don't believe that. They were petty criminals, and he knew it. Oh, yeah. And he was just sick of their shit. Absolutely. And again, it was bullshit that they did that. So what but- would... I mean, what do you think he did at this point? You think maybe he called 911, oh right? God. I mean, wouldn't that Please be the right thing to do? Did. Please tell me he no. did. What did no. he do? He left the bodies overnight. Where did he go? He stayed in the house. With the bodies? Yeah, because remember, this happened around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Kelly, stop. Stop for one second. Stop. He shot them at 1 in the afternoon, Thanksgiving Day. Yep. So, how, he, okay. So when did was, he call 911? It wasn't until the next day <gasps> that a neighbor called about a possible shooting and the police came. So this is what Smith stated to the police. He stated that he called a neighbor the next morning and asked if they knew a lawyer. And when they didn't, then he asked them to go ahead and call the police and told them what he had done. So wait a minute. This D-bag didn't even call the cops. No, he didn't. He never called the cops, right? So he never called 911 saying, there's someone in my house. No, no. He he waited and he had the neighbor call the next morning. So, of course, the police came out. He was arrested at the time. And he was initially charged with two counts of second-degree murder, both with 40-year imprisonment penalties, right? So... In my mind, that's murder. I mean, no, it's but it's murder. second degree. I mean, regardless, it's murder. But there's a difference between second degree and first degree. I don't know the difference, but so, please tell me he does not. Okay. Oh, gosh. First degree murder is premeditated, right? So Ooh. initially it was second degree because, you know, this was yeah. the castle doctrine. Like he was protecting himself, right? But it's still murder, right? So he was charged with two counts, right? Of second degree. Yes. Gotcha. Now, later, he was, after they got more information on what happened and, and listened the, and to the recording. did they hear those tapes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Heard, the re- heard the recording. He was later indicted on two counts of first degree he and two been. counts on second yes, degree. Yes, yes. Now, okay, this might sound like a slam dunk for the prose- prosecution, right? I mean, doesn't it sound like well, this guy? Well, one would think, but what? But, <laughs> 
Not necessarily Ugh. because of that castle doctrine, right? Well, that is, um, sorry, bullshit. But the prosecutors, the prosecution's key evidence was the audio recording that captured the killings. It captured everything. And? So I'm going to read to you. I'm not going to read the whole recording. Okay. Because... It's just horrible. But Ooh, I'm I gonna hear it then. I'm gonna read to you some of the most yes. um relevant ones. Okay. So Smith's recorder captured the following just twenty three minutes after it started, after the recording started. Now okay. this isn't when the intruders came in. Yeah. So now do you know if the intruders were already in there? He had shot them? I don't think You're so. You're not sure. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So, so it's and there's really no way to tell because right. it's a recording. Because he probably he didn't know when they were gonna come right. in. He didn't even know if they were, so he probably just started recording. Right. Okay. So this is what he says. This is what he can be heard saying on the recording. Okay. I realize I don't have an appointment. Now, this isn't, this is 23 minutes into it. So, this isn't all he said, but okay. this is just yeah. part of it. So, I realize I don't have an appointment, but I would like to see one of the lawyers here. What is he talking about? I don't know, but it sounds like he's that's trying to get a lawyer. Re- yeah, that's right. On the re- Even before this happened. Weird. Okay. And then after this, after the intruders come in, you can hear Mr. Smith say to the first intruder, you're dead. And then oh, he wait said, a minute, wait a minute. As soon as he comes in? Before he no, even no, no, shoots? No, 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 no. No, no, no. This is after the intruders. This is just part of the recording. Okay. So, and you could hear on the recorder, Mr. Smith say to the first intruder, you're dead. I'm assuming it was after he was shot. Oh, gotcha. Um, and then he said to the second intruder after he shot her, you're dying. And then he called her a bitch. <gasps> And then he started talking to himself. And and these were young people. Yeah. No, this is just like excerpts from the recording. So, and then he starts talking to himself and this is what he says. I left my house at 1130. They were both dead by one. Of course I'm safe now. Cute. I'm sure she thought she was a real pro. Oh, it's talking about the girl I killed. Mm -hmm. I'm not a bleeding heart liberal. I felt like I was cleaning up a mess. And then there's more. And then it goes on to say, they weren't human. I don't see them as human. I see them as vermin. Social mistakes. Social problems. This bitch is going to go through her life destroying things for other people. Thieving, robbing, drug use. Like I give a damn who she was. Then he says, mother and father are semi-psychotic. I put odds that one or the other will come here with a gun. So, and there's plenty more and it's pretty damning for him. And I can certainly understand how the process, I mean, if this recording wasn't here, it probably would have been, you know, he probably could have gotten off of it. You know what, Kelly? Think about this. Think about like, I never did anything like that when I was young, but think of the mistakes we made. Oh yeah. Who would, I mean, who's to say that they could not have turned their lives around and been, you know, maybe cured cancer. Who knows? But, and, you know, like, who is he to decide that they're vermin? He's not. And 
I mean, there's lots of break-ins. And, there, you know, a lot of them are, you know, hey, it they're just going to go in there and, you know, steal something or petty yeah. theft. And, and or, it's not right. It is not right. But of course is not. it worth slaughtering someone? No. No. The crime does not fit the punishment. I'm sorry. It doesn't. And his defense that he used was reasonable force in defense of himself and his dwelling. And that is actually where that whole castle doctrine and all right. that comes in because he clearly thought it was, you know, pretty much cut and dry. Yeah, that you could. And he, so he was in jail during the trial. And yeah. he, well, actually, I think he got out on bond, but he thought the whole time, like when he, because he lived with one of his neighbors, that I think it was, might have been the neighbor that made the call. But he lived with them, and they talked so highly of him, like, how he was never worried that he was going to go to jail. That's, well, Because he thought that he was going to get off because of that defense. Okay, how did he not realize that the recording makes him look guilty as fuck? I'm sorry. But maybe, in his mind, the recording made him less guilty, when in fact, it was, you know. So, the judge instructed the jury... That the state had the burden of proving that Smith did not use reasonable force. Yeah. Because he obviously didn't. He used way too much force. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. He, like, he didn't even know these people had weapons. So. Right. So you have to, in order for that castle doctrine to apply, you right. have to, you have to be fearful and use reasonable force. Right. right? And right, he right. didn't like he clearly the tapes showed that. Right. So the jury was out for three hours. That's it. Three hours. Okay. They deliberated. So clearly well, they thought for he was guilty. I don't know how this is going to turn out, Kelly, but I can tell you I would only need three hours, but I know how I would, what I would find. So, well, clearly they felt the same way. Cause ooh, he ooh, was, I hope. Yes, I'm crossing my fingers. Two counts of first degree premeditated and two counts of second degree murder. Yes. With two concurrent life sentences. Now, he's tried to appeal this twice and denied the second time by the Supreme Court. So, um, and, and you know what? It should be noted, too, that there are people out there that think this guy is a hero. Are you kidding me? Yes. Now, do you think I should play the tapes? I'm not going to play the full tapes, but do you want to hear them? Just a little Actually, bit of it. Actually, I, I do. It... I do. I want to hear those. Hey, here's the recording. That's oh. the gunshot. You're dead. You said you're dead. Safer. I'm totally safe. I'm still shaking a bit, but a little bit safer. 
live in fear. I am not completing our liberal. I felt like I was cleaning up a mess. listening to that I am pissed what a cr- oh my gosh he's crazy yeah. he's crazy those, those poor kids kids I mean obviously they shouldn't have been no they shouldn't have done that but, but the crime kids. does not fit the punishment and they were not armed and he probably no. knew they weren't armed and, and he planned for it. him to like for his gun to misfire and then say oh sorry and then keep shooting her and then Pulled keep him the- in the basement for what? Probably twenty four hours. Oh, can you? I, I feel so. You know what? If her parents ever listen to this, I'm so sorry. But I'm you so know sorry. what? He is not getting out of jail. Good. Good. He, he. You know. He's not getting out. He's not getting a trial. You know, he's tried. You know, and I yeah. think there are people that feel like he's a hero because you know he's not a fucking hero okay if people that think he's a hero you know what tune out of our podcast because we don't want you to listen sorry but that is so fucked up right in the castle doctrine and that's why i wanted to read you know what that actually was because clearly there's nothing in there that says it is a license to kill you know you can kill whoever comes into your abode Uh yes that doesn't work you know kelly kelly i I'm always armed. I keep, I keep, you know, I, I keep something close by at all times in my home. But 
there's no way I would ever, 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 ever shoot someone like that. I just, I, I couldn't do that. Well, it was just a hate crime because he clearly, I mean, the video recording. But what I don't understand is, so from what I read, um, and a lot of this was in the the trial, like the lawsuit, you yeah. know, from the state versus versus um, him, yeah. versus him, and so that's where I got most of that information, right? And and then in other articles, um, so the neighbor who he lived with while he while the trial was going on, yeah, um, basically said that he he never thought that he was going to be convicted. The neighbor didn't either. Or, or he's the neighbor saying that he didn't think he was going to be convicted. Yeah, Mr. Smith never thought he was going to be convicted. And so that's why I'm thinking the more I look into the story, the more I read stuff about him and the more I, and cause you know, he tried to, um, to have another trial and everything. Yeah, and yeah. It, it just, it's not happening. Yeah. So based on all of that information, it sounds like he still feels like he was, he in was the in the right. right. Exactly. And I just wonder if he did the recording to basically prove that he was protecting himself when it actually had the opposite, opposite effect. effect. Now in, in no way, shape or form do I condone what those kids did. Cause that that's bullshit. They shouldn't well, have done that, but... They don't deserve to be d- killed. No. No. You know? No, you don't do that. No. That, again, the crime does not fit the punishment. That it's, was just... That was pure evil on his part. It was cruel. It was evil. Who would do that? That's somebody who would, like, stomp a puppy, in yeah. my opinion. That's just weird. Yeah, so clearly that is not how the Castle Doctrine works, so... <laughs> It's not a license to kill. Yeah, it's not for you teenagers, know, like, if stealing someone, stuff yeah, in your house. If someone is coming into your house and they are armed and dangerous and they're trying to kill you, obviously, yeah, that's a totally different yeah. story. Now, again, we don't condone people coming and stealing from you. Not at all. But right. come on. Use your judgment. You know, it, it, it's teenagers. He knew it. Obviously, it sounded like he knew that they were basically... Harm? Well, I don't really want to say harmless because he was being they robbed. Were they weren't harmless, but he knew they weren't armed. Right? Come he on. was basically a vigilante. He was, you know? but it was like overboard. Think about it. Right. Overboard. Hundred percent. Yeah. Poor so. kids. I mean, they had their whole lives ahead of them. Who knows what they could have done? They could have done great things. Absolutely. But at least he's in jail. He's not getting out. He is two life terms. So yeah, Kelly, I love this story. I loved it. I loved it. I really, I want to go and research more info about it. So thank you for bringing this to us. Yes. And thank you to everyone for listening and we'll be bringing you more stories, juicy stories soon. Yeah. And check our other podcasts out. Thank you. Thank you.